1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. A pressing problem that hasn't gotten as much attention since the start of the COVID-19 era. Opioid overdose deaths are at an all-time high. How can the U.S. reduce drug overdoses? Well, one strategy is to create what's called safe injection sites. These are places where people can ingest drugs under the supervision of trained staff. There are over 120 of them in countries like Canada, Australia, Germany, and France. Last November, New York City opened the first safe injection site in the U.S. So could Chicago be next? Well, joining us to discuss legislation that would allow for safe injection sites in Illinois is the bill's sponsor, Democratic State Representative LaShawn Ford. He represents Chicago's west side and western suburbs. Welcome back, Representative.
2: Thank you, Sasha, and Happy New Year to you. I'm so happy to be with you.
1: Thanks for joining. Also here is Karen Big. She's Director of Community Outreach at the Chicago Recovery Alliance. Welcome to Reset, Karen. Thank you. Representative, I'll start with you. Your West Side District really is the epicenter of overdoses here in Illinois. So tell us what's been happening over the last two years.
2: You know, Sasha, I would say that with the pandemic impacting the Chicagoland area in Illinois, um, there was somewhat of a disconnect with care and patients being able to have access to their medical homes. And I think that there was a hiccup there and people were not able to um, continue their MAT, the medical assistant treatment. And so we saw a big increase in the number of fatal overdoses on the west side um, during this um, pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's a pandemic now, but this has been an epidemic in Chicago and on the west side of Chicago for a very long time.
1: Uh, Karen, I want to read some some startling numbers to you, uh, picking up where the representative left off. There were 647 overdose deaths in Cook County in 2015, and 2021's total is expected to be more than 2,000. Opioid overdose deaths in Illinois increased 33% just in one year, from 2019 to 2020. This is something you come in contact with on a daily basis, Karen. So do these numbers reflect what you're seeing
3: Absolutely. And it's a little disheartening considering we distributed last year over 40,000 doses of naloxone and had a reported over 900 reversals of opiate overdose. So it's stunning. And it is what I'm hearing from people losing friends and, and family members.
1: Let's talk about the timing of this. Uh, experts are saying that the pandemic is causing folks to do drugs alone, and that's leading to more deaths. Are, are you seeing that too, Karen?
3: It is. It's one of our primary messages is do not use alone in addition to having naloxone. It's great to have naloxone, but you can't use it on yourself. But yeah, people are feeling isolated and um, having trouble um, staying connected to their networks.
1: Yeah. So the pandemic is impacting their support networks. Exactly. How is COVID disrupting people's supply of drugs? Are they going elsewhere?
3: Yeah, so usually someone would have a trusted resource and often they find out that those dry up um, at a moment's notice and they'll have to go to a strange location where they haven't utilized the product before. Um, We have a drug checking program, but you have to wait to use the drug before you can get it checked. You You know, we can only do it certain days a week. So that has been a big issue
1: I see well uh, the city since October uh, has been distributing free test strips for people to test their drugs for the presence of fentanyl mm-hmm. Has that had an impact
3: yeah it it does we've we 've also distributed forty eight hundred fentanyl test strips, um, so that is a big help to people. In fact, I just had a phone call from a gentleman over the weekend who needed some help going you know through the process so people are definitely doing it and i think that indicates that you know it's having a big impact
1: representative you are the sponsor as i mentioned of a bill that would allow for safe injection sites here in this state what would these sites look like and what exactly are you proposing here
2: yeah so sasha i think that we want to make sure that we have what you call overdose prevention sites You know, in New York, I think they have safe injection sites, but we need to make sure that the people recognize that this is almost like a medical home setting where people could come in because people not only do they inject um, heroin, but they also snort it. So our sites will be classified as overdose prevention sites, and it will be a place where you can somewhat have wraparound services. The people with substance use disorders, they enroll in programs called MAT, as I said, medical assistant treatment programs. So the sites will have people there that will help with behavior health support. The sites will have people there to deal with um, homelessness. The site will have people there to help them if they want to get off of the street drug heroin to be referred to a program like Suboxone buprenorphine or methadone. So it's a program where we are not telling people say no to drugs, but it's a program where we help people that's struggling with an addiction and we know that the addiction is just like a sickness that other people have like asthma, mm-hmm. diabetes. So it's a healthcare setting Sasha.
1: So you've uh, you've introduced this once uh, about a year ago and it fell 17 votes short. What's keeping it from being passed, Representative?
2: I would say that understanding the um, concept and not looking at this as a political agenda, but a health agenda. People, when they look and they say, you want me to vote for a place where people could do illegal drugs, they just can't fathom that. But if they understand the concept and understand that when people have a safe place to use the drug, we will not have fatal overdoses. If you have a system in place that you know that you could save lives, we should support it. We're turning our backs on people with a illness saying, just go to the open market and die on the street. When we can actually set up a place, and treat them with dignity and help lead them to treatment and care. And so people use it politically. They are afraid that their voters might say, you're supporting illegal drug use. No, it's not supporting illegal drug use. It's supporting a person that needs help.
1: I want to stick with you, Representative, and, and pick up where you left off. Uh, the country's first supervised safe injection site, as we mentioned, opened in uh, in New York in November. Uh, neighboring Canada has had these sites for years. You actually toured them with state's attorney, Kim Fox. What did you see while you were there? And what did you learn?
2: You know, I owe all of that to Chicago Recovery Alliance for um, even introducing this to me, the concept. There's no doubt when I went there, when they said that we will be experiencing people that's using drugs in this place, it was something that I wasn't ready for but while sitting there we saw people actually overdose actually overdose and their lives were saved therefore i was sold right away it was a healthcare setting and people actually were respected and treated with dignity people came into the site and they knew people there And they had conversations with people that had lived experiences just like them. Mm -hmm. The neighborhoods were very clean. It was not disrespectful. It was, you know, that site, you would go near a liquor store and you would see people hanging out at liquor stores, but you don't see people hanging out at overdose prevention sites.
1: Mm -hmm. Some of the, the Canadian sites, I know Vancouver for sure has received backlash on on the site for years, people saying that uh, it's led to an increase in crime in the neighborhood and uh, needles were just kind of thrown around on the streets and and residents nearby were saying, we don't feel safe, we feel less safe, and we weren't involved in this process. So, Representative, how how can you ensure that that won't be the case here in Illinois?
2: You know, the West Side Opioid and Heroin Task Force and many people throughout the um, state have been putting our heads together to make sure that we have a clean overdose prevention site that is safe for the community and supports the neighborhoods where we know that the overdoses are very high, like East Garfield, North Lawndale, West Garfield park, humble park, and Austin, you know, these neighborhoods need to have support and the old way of saying, just say no, it's just not the way of today, especially when we have a, another way of helping people with a substance use disorder. And Sasha, so I'll just tell you, there has been records of people as young as 14 years old or younger that actually have been impacted by opioid overdose in the city of Chicago. We must treat this as a epidemic and see it as a way to help people.
3: In areas where we have needle exchange an initial response from the community is fear of drug paraphernalia litter. And it's act- needle exchange actually reduces drug paraphernalia litter. So I would compare it to that.
1: Earlier this month, Karen, uh, Chicago began offering doses of uh, naloxone from wall-mounted boxes in 14 public libraries. Can you describe how that new program works?
3: Yeah, so people go into the library they don't need to engage any of the staff it would be similar to if we had a vending machine which we hope to do soon Um, have vending machines with naloxone and people can access it privately
1: okay I know this this hits uh, close to home for you Karen because people who use drugs a lot of them think that they'll never have a need for naloxone right that they're not gonna overdose. But you know firsthand, anyone can overdose. Correct. Is that what happened to your
3: husband? Yes, my husband, Dan Big, who started the international naloxone uh, program, um, he died of an opiate overdose um, I'm so sorry in twenty eighteen. Thank you. Um, and it does it underscores two things. One is um that there can be an arrogance that comes along with lived experience you know i i've been doing this 20 years this isn't going to happen to me but you know it's like a roulette wheel and you don't know when it's going to happen second of all my husband was in his late 50s and had some health problems diabetes he was a little overweight and that contributes to opiate overdose risk as well your your body just doesn't bounce back as quickly Mm. what is the status
1: of the bill representative ford
2: right now We're working with the stakeholders. You know, the best thing about being elected, you can listen to the people. And so we're working on an amendment possibly to see if we can do a pilot for Chicago only. Um, Many people in the state are believing that, you know, they're not ready to just open this up to the entire state. Hey, try it in an area where the need is the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear people in my uh rural parts of uh, area, my colleagues saying that they believe that they need it in rural parts of Illinois as well. And Sasha, I I just want to say that studies show that needles, needles on the street are reduced when you have overdose prevention sites mm-hmm. available. So the nuisance of needles is reduced and people are more likely to be I'm um, taking off of street drugs and led to possibly um, an MAT program. So there's a strong case for overdose prevention sites in Chicago.
1: Well, given the, the previous criticisms, Representative, do you think that now this bill has a better chance of gaining the support that it needs to be able to pass?
2: Yeah, Chicago Recovery Lines and the West Side. Opioid, heroin task force, they, and all the stakeholders have been um, working very hard. You know, we got Lindale Christian Community Hospital that's a part of the task force, Dr. Huggett. He's out there uh, working on Jackson and Pulaski, and we see this being a need, maybe even right there. And I'm talking to um, my colleagues about it, and they're looking at the numbers. So in government, when you want to pass something, you have to teach people why it's important. So we're going to continue to do our job of educating the Springfield politicians and try to convince them that this is the right thing to do.
1: Karen, what do you think is the right thing to do?
3: I think we need to encourage people to become educated, stop putting our heads in the sand and denying the problem or demanding unrealistic abstinence, which we see has not worked over all the years of the, the drug war. The drug war has caused so many more problems than the drug itself. And we need to start coming up with creative solutions like the safer and uh, the uh, overdose prevention sites and vending machines, increased needle exchange. Just be more creative.
1: That's Karen Big, Director of Community Outreach at the Chicago Recovery Alliance and Democratic State Representative LaShawn Ford. Thank you both. Well, that's it for today's Reset. For more of our interviews, subscribe to this podcast. And please give us a rating. It really helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow.
0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.